Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Okay, guys, we got to put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? <sighs> we must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, you no picking. We're just 15th in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Welcome to the Born in Trouble podcast. I'm your host, John X. Once more, we're here to talk about very important topics involving especially the black community. Today, my guest, two very old friends of mine, one Grant Lancaster, entrepreneur from Detroit. A lot of you people may have eaten his wings before. And uh, Gene Hopkins, for if you're a second time or a second time listener, another uh, close friend of mine who uh, has a lot to say about pretty much everything. So we're going to go ahead and get started and get right into it. Gentlemen, give yourselves a round of applause before we get started. Yes, sir. Let's get it. There you go. Let's get it in. Make it good. We're going to make it good. We're going to make this one good. So as I was just telling you, gentlemen, I just got done recording a podcast. I'm trying to double up right now. It's 940 in the evening here on the East Coast. These guys are both very busy and don't have much time for a brother, you know, because they're making money. But they they were nice enough to to come in and share some of their experiences and their lives. Um, Grant, I'd like you to introduce yourself. Well, I'm a uh, Grant Lancaster, uh, born in Detroit, lived in Brentwood for quite a few years. Um, graduated high school with both of these cats, X and uh, Gene. Um, went to Howard U with X and. Uh, you know, left there. We did a did a, a couple restaurants while I was at Howard. Um, I'm condensing the story, obviously. Uh, did a couple of restaurants. One was a soul food joint. It went belly up. I got in another one called City Wings. City Wings was uh we we banged out wings in D.C. for not for six years from two from 1994 to 2000. Okay. I actually left there in 98, but they kept going for another two years. Once I left, I moved to back home to Detroit with the intention of opening the restaurant here. And it took me uh, roughly years to get it cracking. So City Wings, City Wings in Detroit actually opened in 2010 and we've been going strong ever since. So we're, we're actually 10 years in the game in Detroit right now. Uh, in that time, I also happened to get on the fire department. I got on the fire department in 2000. So I've been a firefighter for 20 years and been doing city wings for 10. Open for 10. Took me about 18 months to get the place built. So, you know, it was a little journey, but, you know, we here, we still standing, we still strong. You know what I mean? That's what's up. That's what's up. Entrepreneur and civil servant, Grant Lancaster. Also, what Grant didn't tell you is that Grant used to wake me up in the morning at Howard University playing Public Enemy, usually at seven something in the morning because he had an eight o'clock class. And that's right. You know, so we got our indoctrination early. 
Gene. So the Yo Bum Rush the Show album is still one of my favorites. That's hey, you know, P.E. <laughs> if I didn't like him before, I had to like him after. <laughs> you know, that's the way that goes. Gene, you got a lot going on back there. You're going to have to shut them people down. I don't want you to slap nobody, though. Gene? Gene, you still there? Oh, oh I was. Yeah. Are you? Can you hear me now? I can hear you, bro. I can hear you, bro. Oh, I was, I was off the of mute. You heard me eating, huh? My bad. I thought I was on mute. Uh, oh, damn. But no, no. Uh, you know, I, uh, while Grant was uh, giving his introduction, I thought to ask a uh, quick question. If uh, you, you mentioned that your tofu uh, joint went belly up, if, uh, if that hadn't happened, would you have experienced or would you have failed at City Wings? Or would you still have, uh, would it still have come out the same, do you think? Well, so City Wing, so we opened, we opened the Soul Food Joint in like April of 90. That experience is what I'm talking about, but go ahead. I got you. So we opened, we opened the Soul Food Joint in like April of 94. They opened the Soul Food Joint in like May of 94. So like a month different. Um, we were actually going strong for about six months. I ran into one of the cats that was one of the owners. Me and him kind of clicked. Once uh, Soul Food Joint closed, he asked me to come work for him. So the answer to your question is, I, I don't believe, I, I believe that I needed to have that Soul Food Joint experience. The reason why is because when I went to City Wings, I had a different mentality than a typical employee. Mm just kind of knowing what it takes to to run a restaurant. I mean, we were doing well at the soul food joint for about four months. And then everybody, you know, kind of fled the scene and wanted to hire people out and just didn't want to do the work anymore. Mm. Once I got the city wings, I kind of knew like in my mind, I knew what it would take for a restaurant to be successful. So I was able to come in and I mean, I, they hired me as a delivery driver, but, you know, it's not always food to deliver. So then you pick up a broom, you know, eventually you start answering the phone. Eventually you start working the register. And then eventually, you know, you just I mean, you just learn everything, become the utility player. And then that's how that's how the restaurant game is successful. See, like, and so so without that experience, I don't think. Uh, City Wings now would be where it is. See, I think that's important to know because today we live in a we live in a world where we have a cancel culture, you know, and that cancel culture just basically says that if you fail one time, then you're a failure, and we all know that that's not the truth. You know, that's even further furthest from the truth. Gene, you got a lot of they you coming through again there. You got, um, huh? Gene is on vacation right now. He, you know, no, we gotta, this is no, a, this is a, this is I a was true. Here, I thought you said, I thought you said it was coming through and I thought I had you on mute. You were hearing me? Yeah. No, well, Grant? no, when you, when you come to mute, it's like, this is why this podcast is a true African-American experience <laughs> because uh, Gene right I'm now is, <laughs> yo, I'm actively listening. Yeah. I'm I know actively you're, listening. You know, I, I I asked the question. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. I started no, no, thinking no, about. I'm, no, you we, know what we, it is? I started. 
playing, though. I started thinking, you know, the way my mind works is, is, you know, by the third time somebody says wing, I'm thinking of a garlic parmesan wing, you know, and eat and stuff like that. So it kind of veers off a little bit, but then, you know, you reel me back yeah. in. I'm here. You yeah, know, no. Uh, I'm, no I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you got, you know, you got, you got things going on in the background. You got your peoples and your family here. Gene is on vacation right now visiting his family. You know, yeah. Well, well, I'll just I'll say this: the, the only reason I ask that question is because uh, you know I think it's important for uh, you know everybody to know, even when it comes to having a successful business. Man, there there were so many uh, uh, what do you call that uh, exper- uh, uh, experiences and, and opportunities, and uh, uh, I call them college courses. That were either inexpensive or very expensive learning experiences that have to come before you can do anything uh, in business. From my experience, and so I, I kind of watched Grant's journey, and I thought it's cool that you know he has something that's going. And I remember him trying that, and probably dozen other businesses. So, uh, to your credit, brother, and you know, to your credit, and that's definitely true. And like I was saying, we live in this world where we have this cancel culture. Where black youths and our young black people, they they seem to think that like, you know, failure is the end of the road as if like, you know, if you if something doesn't work out, they'll get on Twitter and they drag you. They drag people like mercilessly. And we know that, you know, and me and Grant used to talk about this, like America loves a comeback. There's nothing that America loves more than a comeback, you know, so. What this what this particular podcast is about is it's about inspiration. It's about letting you know that just because something doesn't work out the first time doesn't mean that you don't get up and you don't try again. Because we're because we're not in a we're not, no one is a, in a position that comes from and this is not even just for black people. This is for this is for all people. If you're if you're in a situation where you fail and everything, don't go off and like you know say I ain't, I'm never going to be anything now. You have to get back up. You got to try again, you know, and I'm sure like Grant, you know, when, when that business didn't work out, I'm sure you took a, and knowing you, I know you assessed a lot of things that were going on and a lot of things that went wrong the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even while it was, while it was happening, I could see it sliding down the hill. You know what I mean? So as I'm watching it go down, I'm like, okay, so this is not this ain't something that we should be doing. This is not something that we should be doing. And you know what I mean? I'm seeing it and I'm, we having these conversations, but getting people to, I think a, a bigger part of it, man, is having the actual mentality to do, to carry out what it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you have to be willing to make some sacrifices in order to be successful. Anybody can be ordinary. But it, I mean, you gotta do, you gotta really do something to be extraordinary. Yeah. You know what I, mean? Like it, I mean, you just walk the same path that everybody else is walking. It, uh, I mean, that's fine, but you're just gonna be ordinary, more than likely. Yeah. You know, right? I wasn't born, you know, six. I wasn't born and grew to be six nine. So I, you know, being in the NBA wasn't my thing. You know, I ain't real athletic. I mean, I could beat both of y'all doing just about anything. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, we know that's a lie. Sorry. Well, that's I remember what... that. I'm talking about. It, was, it was like watching slow motion basketball. It's not <laughs> But it was slow motion. It's like, man, is he ever going to get that layup up there? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the man, the man, and and you know, I, the man talking, the man is talking shit to the MVP and the white white letter award winner from Brentwood High School, nineteen eighty seven. But you know, I'm, I'm gonna let you, sure, sure, Grant. <laughs> but I, but I mean, just real talk though, man. Like you gotta, you gotta have the mentality, man, in order to in order to advance past whatever the obstacle is. You know, you can't you can't get hung up. An obstacle is really just an opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's it's an, it's an, the opportunity to learn. I mean, as a as a business owner, yeah, that obstacle is probably going to cost you some money. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell people all the time that our journeys we started out in the same place, but you know, we ended up in different divergent places. What happened with me is that you know when I left. And I started working at I started working at Citibank in like nineteen I think it was probably nineteen ninety it was nineteen ninety six, you know I had other jobs but I worked in Citibank and I worked in customer service for the bank, and I tell people all the time that if you want to learn what goes on at a bank, get yourself a customer service job, because they basically will tell you everything that you need to know, anything that you need to know, you'll find out and you'll learn it working in customer service. So that was my experience. And that allowed me to go ahead and um, get into lending later on in my life, you know, as a mortgage banker. And then now like currently I'm in real estate and I'm a real estate, I'm a real estate salesperson broker, you know, and, but it's, it's because of things that it's because of journeys and things that I tried that I failed, that I actually found something that would, that enabled me to make a living and enable me to raise my family and do the things that I needed to do. So there's always lessons to be learned in failure. If you want to call it failure, right? I wouldn't necessarily call it failure. I would just call it just experiences. Yeah, exactly. Gino, are they making ribs back there? Are they passing ribs around back there or something? Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm listening to you guys. They're in there. I mean, they're just killing, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I, we're staying with my daughter in Atlanta. And she's 31. Uh, and, uh, you know, she had her friend over here. You know, she's just, you know, just living that carefree life, blowing on hookah and everything else. You know, we cooking. <laughs> Shit, we're chilling, man. It sounds like a good time. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm learning things about uh, the business journey and everything else. You know, uh, shit, man, I kind of feel uh, inadequate, you know, because I'm currently working as a taxi cab driver and you guys are doing big things and stuff. So, uh, you know, hopefully I have a success story one day where I build some shit. Hopefully, yeah, man. You know, I did that at a corporate meeting one time, which I was kind of conducting this call as uh, one time. You know how you give a little information and then mute out like you're really part of the call, but you're not. I'm changed that. Ex. I'm part of the call now. Okay, no, but, 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 but it kind of. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Man, this is going to be brutal. Yeah, this guy, he's like, you really are enjoying your family time. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I was I was saying that to say something else, but then I forgot what I was referencing, you know, just that quick. 51, yep. man, I'm losing it. That's that's all right, man. Fifty one, you're not losing it. We we can't even give you that right now because, like, you know, I know Grant is a year, Grant is a year younger than both of us. 
Yeah, you know, because right. you know, Grant was one Grant of those. Grant hit that fifty button this year. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just hit the big five zero in August, bro. During COVID too, and we were supposed to celebrate. And uh, that's a question: How has COVID affected your business? You know what? In terms of uh, in terms of City Wings, man. So when when it first hit in March, um, we closed. We were open March twenty first, which was a Saturday. And we closed after that, and we didn't open for about a month. Once we opened back up, um, we opened back up once we were able to get chicken again. Once we were mm-hmm. able to get chicken, we opened up. You know, we just kind of changed the configuration so you can't actually come. You can come into the restaurant, but you can't fully come into the restaurant, if you know what I mean. Like, it's the way it's set up. You can come, you know, maybe you got maybe six feet of space that you can come into. And that six feet runs the, the width of the building. So you got about 20 feet by six feet that people can can kind of wait for their food in. But Detroit being a being a pretty pretty much transient town. I mean, it's the Motor City. So people are accustomed to coming and going and take picking up food and taking it, eating it in cars, whatever, whatever. So our business was not really we didn't lose any business. We actually gained business Okay. because there was not a, there was not a lot open. Um you know, we're 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 a mainstay, man. You know, like we like I said, we've been here for 10 years and not even on on the not even on the braggadocious side of the game. But you can't fuck with our wings. Mm. Right. right. You, ain't, you ain't gonna get no wings like these nowhere on the planet. So when people come to us, they stay with us. And I mean, it was for a while, man, we were doing. We were doing some phenomenal numbers, man, for for a while. And now that it's starting to get cold and, you know, everything is, is starting to kind of slow back down again. But even that slowdown is a higher high. It's a higher low, rather, than it was before. Well, that's good news because I know I'm sure you probably at, at some point you had to at least be worried a little bit with um, what was going on with a lot of other businesses. Oh, yeah. You know. Is that closed um, like altogether? You know what I mean. I know, I know quite a few people that had businesses that closed altogether. You know, I mean, but that's one of the reasons that I got into the restaurant game because as long as there's people, people have to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That was just kind of my mentality with it. Yeah, and that's and you know that's like kind of a, the opposite of what a lot of the numbers say because a lot of restaurants they usually I think it's something like ninety percent of restaurants fail within the first like six months or something like that yeah, or yeah yeah like I, I I don't know what the numbers are either but I know that that initial two years mm-hmm. is like the the testing grounds and I you know I had, I had these conversations like I've done panels and stuff um, in terms of restaurants mm-hmm. and that like when you go to a bank and you sell, you tell them that you want to open a restaurant, they pretty much tell you get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm seriously yeah. like, because a restaurant is, is probably going to fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they, they pretty much tell you to get the fuck out. When I went, to, when I was trying to open city wings, man, like my credit score was like 800. I had $20,000 in the bank and I went to my bank trying to get a loan. And it was like, uh, for a restaurant. Now nah, we can't, we can't help you player. Mm. Damn, you said eight hundred? Yeah. I so, was at eight hundred though. So how did you how did right. how did you eventually get around that hurdle? So my uh talking to my mentor, like I, I had signed a lease on the place already. Mm. Okay. Not having the money. Faith. Yeah. 
So I talked to my mentor and he invited me to come down. He was living in Chicago at the time. He invited me to come down and uh, like he had a little dinner party. You know what I mean? It was like four couples, me and my girl, and then another three couples. Mm-hmm. And we just talking shit. Like they found out I was a firefighter. So they wanted fire stories and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of <laughs> talked about city wings for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then we went on and just finished the night. And it was a great night. Mm-hmm. So like the next morning when I got up, he was like, yo, we got that money for you. What's up? Mm. Damn, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. These cool. are, this is, how do you know these? How did you know these uh, gentlemen or, or people? So my mentor actually is married to one of my cousins okay. and the other two couples were his friends. I, I don't know. The, I don't know those people from Adam, but mm-hmm. you know, at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. And but they I mean, invested. Yeah. And they, he was like, yo, we're going to put the money together for you. You know, tell us how much you need, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to get it. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So that's, I'm assuming these were, this was a, these were all black people. There was a my, so obviously my cousin is black. She's married to a white guy. There was a Spanish chick. Like it was, it was like just kind of a melting pot of people. It was America. So yeah, you're saying right. that your your right. wings were funded by America, yeah, right? It was like it was like four black people, a, a Spanish chick, and like a couple of white people. You know that's great. That's great because yeah. it just like lets you. Know, it's like you know it's kind of it's like pre Trump. That's a pre Trump financial su- success story. Right, you know, right. and like side, you know, side, go ahead. Side note: America is not a melting pot; it's a stew. It's a different. Well, nothing. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a stew. It has different ingredients. You know yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, not a nice. melting pot. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely that's definitely true. You know, yeah. it's definitely true. It is a, it is a stew, and it's like you really you get in where you fit in. You know. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, that's how they trick us. They trick us with that melt, melting pot scenario. You know, what I'm well, you know, like you have to, hunt. you have to be willing to be tricked by. You have to be willing to be tricked by that, like you know, whole melting pot like thing. It's, you know, I, yeah. you know, we we all we all graduated from the same place, the same school, and I always found y'all. I always found you guys like interesting because, like Grant said, Grant, like you really were, you were really raised in Detroit. Yeah, you know, yeah. you came, you came. I met you in like tenth grade. Was it tenth grade exactly. or ninth yep. grade? Tenth grade. grade. And Gina, it was the same thing. You were basically, you were all over. You were an army brat, and you know, you spent most of your time. Well, in no, Compton, no, no, right? no, 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 no. Well, no, I wasn't an army brat. I was in the army at one time as an adult. I was never an army brat. Yeah, I, I was. I grew up in Compton until I was twelve, and then moved to Brentwood. Okay. All right. So, so, but I was in a different section. I went to South where you were in at what? At West East. Or East. Yeah, I was at East. Okay, yeah. right. And so, then we met up at the 10th grade center. That's yep. where, you know, uh, you know, we started interacting when, uh, when y'all wanted to jump me. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> what I do. Uh, Hold on. That's, yeah, that, was, that, that, that was actually... <laughs> That was, Brooks. When, when, that was actually when Mr. Brooks. That was actually Mr. Brooks, and he's not on this one. On, <laughs> somebody lied on me and said I had a gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> Half a print was waiting up at the high school for me. 
I think I remember something like that. Nah, I don't, yeah, think, a, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that extreme. But I, you know, well, you know no, what? Maybe, no, they, well, maybe there was. Yeah. Maybe there was. Maybe there was something with the with the gun, and there, maybe there was some like you know. But like you yeah. know, even that even that story tells a difference between like that generation and this hey. generation. Because I remember yeah. that I remember that whole like conflict and like you know the whole thing and like you know and like me I I wasn't a tough guy you know what I'm saying per se but like you know I I always and y'all know y'all my boys and everything y'all my boys now you know I'll get it in for y'all yeah you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I'll yeah, get, yeah, yeah, get it in for y'all to, you, I'll were, get it, huh? you were an instigator you nah. were you were tough but you were an instigator yeah I I or get an it. initiator an initiator. Right, I'll get it in for y'all now. I'm all scared, you know what I'm saying? But I remember, I remember that, and then I remember like you know, confronting, confronted. It wasn't even, it wasn't even you. It was somebody else, and it was. Like, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut that name out because like you know, he he don't deserve oh, okay. that. But at this point in time, at that point in time when we were when we had that confrontation with him, I remember looking at him and I was like, man, this 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 dude is just not. He he don't want it. He don't want nothing to do with it, you know. So no, you know, no. and I was my, like, yeah, I was my, like, you know, maybe this is just all, maybe this is just all wrong right here, you know, you know. Whereas somebody it else, was might- wrong. <laughs> it was wrong. Let me tell you something. You want to know what? It was over a girl, and Rob started this shit. It was uh, over over Teresa, somebody I don't know, oh. uh, somebody, some girl, either Dana or Felicia. I don't even I don't remember, yeah. or maybe Teresa Gray. But Rob was somebody said, you know, we were so silly. You know, kids are so goddamn silly. Mm-hmm. Somebody said somebody, somebody said somebody said something, and there right. it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> the yeah, that's was all, on. That's always the story. You know? That's all, yeah. And that was it. But, and you know, that's all, that's and knowing me, I was a big time shit talker, so I wouldn't even uh, doubt it. But you know, if, if uh, you know, it was all me somehow because oh, you know, oh, I just know. What, you, what that, you mean was? What you mean was a big time shit talker. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I had no ability to back it up back then. <laughs> uh, yeah. All I could do is try to outsmart your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't do when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, in hindsight, that was probably bad planning. But you oh know, yeah, no. But we we that we, was a lie. Yeah. Yeah, but we had that. We had those. We had those confrontations. We had that. We had that conversation. That confrontation. And then it was like almost immediately it was like it was like you know me I remember me and Rob saying like man that this you know they it, there's no problem with these dudes and like I didn't hold any grudge yeah. against any of y'all you know what I'm saying and it's pretty much obvious that y'all didn't hold anything against me because we're having this conversation now I'm more I'm more angry yeah. at Grant for playing Public Enemy at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> oh. to this oh. day than anything else <laughs> but you know oh, we- but. We, huh? we had, I think we had an equal share of asshole moments. Oh at, yeah, we three thirty nine. Oh my well, 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 we definitely did because you know, because <laughs> you know yeah. what, I I never took it. I'm no one is ever gonna say I took anything laying down, but right. you oh, know, <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> you know. So I, I'm a, I'm a, I'll eat that. I'll own that. Yeah. I'll eat that. You know, and you know, but that's but that's what that's what we were doing at that point. That's what we did at that point. And even that, but even then, like, you know, when we were in college, we were far away from home, you know, five hour, five hour drive. We didn't have a car that year. I I didn't get my car to the second year. 
So it's like we had to rely on each other. Yes. You know, yeah. a lot of times. And a lot of that conflict was really born out of what we didn't have as opposed to what we did. Right. And we got through that. And that's kind of like a microcosm of the black community. We're always at each other because of the things that we don't have as opposed to the things that we do. And the way that we got through that year was by relying on each other. Right. Well, the, the thing about it, though, is that even though even when we was beefed out, right, mm-hmm. even when we was beefed out, we wasn't never like wholly beefed out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we we might have been on some fuck you shit for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, <laughs> and it was all good again. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we 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 knew when we came in that we was team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. so that so that bond right there, what it wasn't going to be broken regardless to what internal conflict we may have amongst the three, because everybody right was always in our room. That's true. That's everybody true. Everybody was always in our room, so we were kind of the the united front. Yeah. At least, at least in front, in front of everybody, we we had that united front. And then, um, and then, now, once the door closed, we might be fucking talking all that fuck you shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, you know, we we had that united front. It's you know, so just like when, like, so when when the football players ran up in 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 Drew trying to snatch people out. Yeah, yeah. When they came up to the third floor, mm-hmm. it, we wasn't having none of that. Nah, none of that. I met them at the door. Not none. I met them at the door. I remember. I still remember that. Not none of that shit. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They said they would. That's but that's that's how we that's how we got down. You know what I mean? Like we family. I don't care what goes down with anybody in my family. And that goes for most of the cats on third floor, Drew. You know, third floor, Drew. Without a doubt, you know, because yeah. I, re- I remember that. I, I met them at the door and I was like, they were like, yo, we coming in here and we coming. I was like, nah, no, you're not. Yeah. And they were like, and that, you, you know, and that, and that was, they were, nah, no, you're not. And everything they was, they had us, they had us outsized and they had us outnumbered, you know, and, you know, cats was drunk and that's what started it all anyway. Right. You know, right. <laughs> you know one, one drunk cat yelling out the window and, um, but like you said, we fam, and I still talk to them dudes to this day. I was talking to, I was talking to Tracy, you know, just last week. He's still crazy. Um, right. you know, from time to time, I, you know, I was talking to, I talked to Gino once or twice and everything. And like, you oh. know, Nigel and like, you know, that's, that was what we went through, you know, Stone and Supreme just left Detroit. Like they, they was in Detroit like a month ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, we chased that. I mean, we chased yeah, the women together. We, we all, we all still team, man. Like yeah. Yeah. that, that bond, that bond ain't, ain't breakable. Yeah, but you know the okay. difference. But the difference is like you know, going even that incident though that that tells the difference between what's going on. Like nowadays, you know, you get I don't I don't understand. Like you know, we we understood that we were in a different fight, and we were in a different fight culturally. You know, that was the time when a different world came out. We had the Cosby Show, and like right. you know, that's that's still crazy to this day. Whenever I see episodes of a different world, did you have a guppy cut too? I didn't have a guppy cut. I, I was never there with that. I mean, uh, Gumby. I'm doing Gumby. Nah, man. Uh, nah, man. Okay. <laughs> I've been a bald head. I've been a, I've been a serious bald head pretty much most of my life. You know, I you were a Caesar man I, in, high, I, in high school. Yeah, that's right. And then and then I remember when high school pictures came up for senior year pictures, and nobody told me, and that was the one time I had an afro. 
So <laughs> I'm like immortalized with an afro. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's you know that that's still disappointing me to this day. But um, you know, we were we lived in a different we lived a different culture. We lived a different life. You know, we watch it when I watch a different world. I the first thing I think about is third floor Drew. Yeah, no, you no know, question. first thing I think about is third floor Drew. And, you know, the fights that as compared to the fights that these people go through, these kids are going through now and everything. It's like to me, it's like I, I don't understand where I don't understand where our messages and our life got so lost in the mix. You know, it seems like even like even like Black Lives Matter, for example, I'm going to bring that up. Black Lives Matter. Like I've always hated that fucking slogan, you know. <laughs> I, I really do. I hate that yeah. shit because I feel like if I got to tell you Black Lives Matter, it's like I'm like acknowledging to you that Black Lives don't matter. And I've heard different takes on that. I've heard different takes on that and on that name. But to me, it's like to me, it's like I just want to say, like, motherfucker, what do you mean? Black Lives Matter. I know I fucking matter, you right. know, but so so. My my in, in, the way I look at us as as black folks in America, we have been a powerless people for a long time, and we've come up in that, we've come up in that powerless nature. You know what I mean? So so when you come up with a phrase like Black Lives Matter, I mean I get it. You know what I mean? I understand what you, what you're trying to say, all of that. But it's coming from a, a it's coming from a position of of you know, subservience. Mm-hmm. It ain't it ain't coming from a place of power. You right. know what I mean? Like and and that's that's I think that's what you what you what you're saying when you when you don't like the phrase is that it's it's weak. Yeah, it, it really you know it really I mean? to me it re- to me it really is. And it's like I I look at all these things that these young people are doing and he's like a lot of it a lot of it is empowering. But then when it goes back well, to when it goes back to Black Lives Matter, I'm just like what if they added at the end of Black Lives Matter, so change the whole my, my, grab. What? Yo, can can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We yeah. can hear you. I just have one question: <laughs> If they added the phrase "motherfucker" to Black Lives Matter, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, <laughs> motherfucker, would it be a little bit more palatable then? <laughs> well, I well, I for me, you know, for me, probably yes. You know, because like I said in my first podcast, they've been calling me the militant since I was like, you know, in 10th grade. So, I, you know, I would pretty much start everything with motherfucker, you know, and then go from there, you know. But, um, right. yeah, I, I just don't I just don't I just can't get behind. It's like I the movement. It's like I, I don't have to be a part of the movement because I am the movement. We are the movement, you know. Right. 89, right. 89, you know, we were protesting. I sat down. I was like one of the, we were protesting like, you know, um, Lee Atwater being put on our board of directors back then. And, you know, little disclosure, I wasn't even registered for school at that point in time. I had financial, my parents had financial problems. I had went to see the dean of the business school the week that we took over the administration building. Right. Okay. To get a special exemption because I was still going to my classes at that point in time to get an exemption to allow them to enroll me like a month and a half into the semester. And then they took over the A building. But to me, it was much more important to me. 
to be a part of that protest because of what Lee Atwater represented with those Horton ads that he had put out about the furlough. He was just basically spitting in black people's faces. He was he was saying that, like, you know, he was like, the imagery that we see today that's, like, thrown out there all the time at us about how, like, you know, we're so dangerous just for breathing. It was so important for me to be a part of that at that point in time that I I I showed up anyway. I showed up anyway. Yeah, I mean, but so... So here's the 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 you can't you can't bring back the the you can't bring back an age, right? Mm. So like they had the they had the the biggest movement was probably in the '60s, right? With the Panthers and all that, yeah, right? Malcolm X, King, you know the whole the whole shebang bang. Everybody was you know black and beautiful the whole the whole nine. Mm-hmm. So we get that we get that and it and it dies out. Move up to the '80s. Right, you got to get squashed. That comes. That movement is strong, but it's not as strong as the one that was in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Right, so it comes and it because goes. it was shadowed by crack. Right. Yeah. I mean, for for whatever reason, for whatever reasons it was, but now you move right. up to now, it's it's another movement. This movement is not even as strong as the movement that we had in the eighties. Right, because mm-hmm. it's it's much more it's. It, Eventually, everything gets watered down, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I don't know. I don't know, Grant. I think now the uh, the likelihood of something, you know, uh, changing, world changing, or culture changing, or something massive, the likelihood is uh, is a much higher percentage right now. I think uh, you know, even if if the collective is watered down compared to the collective in the 80s or the 60s there's more power available now so like uh something can happen i guess my point is something can happen and uh at a moment's notice something powerful because now the tools are in place for something much more powerful than the 60s or the 80s you know uh technology of course so you know, I, I, I guess I'm the optimistic in that optimist in that respect that you know I do hold on to the I don't want to use the word hope because hope ain't a plan, but uh, to the notion that in our brilliance somebody is going to use the tools available now and the movement is going to become uh, something massive. I believe that, and uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, just because uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that we've always been capable. Uh, of doing that, and I think with the tools now, those capabilities uh, can happen, you know? So, but, uh, you know, I digress. Nah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on, on, on some level. I think that there could easily be, I mean, right now we're in the middle of, of, some, of one, you know, of, a, of an event that's changing everything. Most definitely. Right. We're, we're, we're smack dab in the middle. Of, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we're in the middle or if we're still at the beginning or if we're close to the end. But we're somewhere in the middle and we're somewhere in a life changing world event. Right. This this fucking coronavirus is the biggest event of everybody's life that's living right now. And I'm talking about people that survived World War Two and all that shit. This shit is right. bigger than 
right? This shit is this shit is bigger than that. So, right. yeah, I mean, easily something could happen, but but the likelihood is that if something happens, it's gonna be something that happens to black people, not for black people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the way that I look at this country, bro. Like when we still we still talking about the same shit. When when you can go back and listen to a to a to a Malcolm speech mm-hmm. from the from the sixties, and that shit still rings true like he wrote that shit yesterday. Mm-hmm. We ain't made no progress, B. What's that song? What's, what's that Marvin Gaye song? Um, you know uh, what's that Marvin Gaye song? Um, um, the Is that enough? Poli- police. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the only oh, song I know after yeah. my divorce. Is, uh, is make you want holler. Yeah, what's going on? And throw yeah. up on my hands. Yeah. You listen to that Perfect. song. It's like it's like it was written just yesterday. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's that's like what I'm saying. and someone else. Oh yeah, it's dude. It's a it's a it's a full on America. So I listen I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of cats online since um, I can't go anywhere now. I can't I can't go nowhere and meet no women. So now I'm just in the house watching YouTube videos. So I watch a lot of cats. It's a lot of cats out of California, man. It's just one cat, uh, Tone Talks. Tone Talks always, he calls us ADOS, African American descendants of slavery, right? So yeah. that's the movement, right? So so this ADOS mm-hmm. thing, man, like he, t- I, I, I just watched a video of him and he was talking about how reparations is the biggest part of what we need because the damn no right. Movement. There is no wealth in us, right? And he was pulling right. up like hella numbers. You know what I mean? Like straight from the census, he was pulling up all these numbers. Like black people, like it, it, black people were worth like a hundred dollars or some shit, and imported Damn. imported black people are worth like two thousand, and white people are worth like a million. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like right. how, do you, how do you how do you combat that? You know what I mean? When 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 every and, and when everything that they do. And I say they meaning white folk, everything that they do is based out of the fear that we should be running them up, killing them motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the fear that they really have is that like, why, why is this, why is this black person not trying to kill me right now? Mm-hmm. That's the fear that they have in my opinion. And that's so a, they always going to act on that. And that's a, that's a real thing. You know, that's a that's an actual thing. I've experienced it myself. Howard University, like the one of the things that I, it's like funny, one of the most interesting classes that I took, I took an acting class as an elective and they go through the, like the breakdown of how we are pro- portrayed in the movies and in the media. You know, you have the savage Negro, you have the um, you have the woman who's like the seductress and the temptress. You have right. the man who's the thug. And these are the roles that you have to that you have to that if you're going to be an actor in America, these are the roles that and successful. These are the roles that any emasculated, you know, man. And like, there's been a lot of talk, like, you know, even with Black Lives Matter, a lot of people, a lot of brothers like this person that you're referring to in California, they feel like, you know, Black Lives Matter is a movement that's been co-opted by homosexual men, a homosexual agenda. I've heard that. I've heard that a a lot of times and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know what? Is it true? Yeah, I to a certain extent, you know, to a certain extent, because a homosexual man 
is not a threat to white people as much as you or I. We're not, they, they feel like, you know, we're not going to procreate. We're not going to get anything. They can control, they can control a homosexual man. They can control their wealth. A lot of times, like their ideas aren't the same as our ideas. It's not about the family. It's about something different. And, and today they make it so they make it so that you can't even discuss these things clearly without being canceled. You know, so if you, yeah, even, uh, oh, I'll say that. Yeah. And, and you you know what? I don't. The thing is, this, you know, uh, real quick. Uh, I know some things. I don't know most things. And I don't believe shit. That's kind of like my mantra, right? So based on what I know, factual history, I can say that that is not beyond the scope. No one can say it's beyond the scope, what you're saying, or a hundred other variations of what you're saying. So, yeah, you know, I anybody who knows factual history has to consider what you're saying. Has well, to consider every what they call conspiracy to for continued oppression and you know uh that makes a lot of sense you know uh, i was just yo i was just having this discussion with my grown kids like i was saying i wonder if if it's a, if it's something i lack that i can't be comfortable with male sex scenes on tv black male sex scenes on tv some of these series i'm watching that's that curveball just comes out of nowhere i didn't even see it coming you know the next right. thing you know they getting it on, and I'm like, you know, and I feel some kind of way, and I was telling my kids, look, you know, I'm trying to if self improvement, self mastery is the is the priority, you know, and so in that, uh, you know, I'm ask I'm I'm asking certain questions. Is it a deficiency or something that needs to change within me because mm. of you know my admitted I don't intolerance think- and stuff, or is it really something? It's natural and should be natural within me to feel you know what? that way. You know what? I'm, I'm going to expand upon that a little bit. When we go talk about American culture and American popular culture and television and things of that nature, there were times where a black man and a black woman making love in a movie was something that would garner that movie an X rating or an R rating. Right. If you have anything that's right. too explicit, you know, that was an R right. X rating. Because they were taking that off of the table. You can't show, you couldn't show love to a woman. You couldn't show love to your woman. They didn't want to show you, they didn't want to show us as being like in love with black women. They needed to show us, but if you, if you want to have um, a black man hitting a black, a black woman pimping around, that's an right. acceptable, right. that's an acceptable thing. Right. So I think that from, from your perspective, Gene, what you're saying is that what you're seeing is like you're seeing that gap. Maybe there's maybe there isn't anything wrong with seeing like, you know, two men kissing on TV. That's like that's a moral thing. That's something you have to decide for yourself. If you want to see that, or if somebody wants to see that, they want to promote that, then that's, you know, that's up to them. Personally, it doesn't it doesn't bother me personally because it's like that's just not it's not my world and everything. But I don't have to necessarily like, you know, surround myself with that. I don't have to like make that a part of everything that I do. But the reason why it's so upsetting is because they completely and totally skipped over that whole other part where I, where I was showing love to a black woman 
And that's the part that that's the part that's where that disconnect comes in. That's where the confusion comes in. I believe is because of the fact that we we weren't allowed to see that. And when we were shown that it was like it was like put out to us as an anomaly. You know, a different world was an anomaly. That's a show that's like we lived that experience, Grant. We lived that black experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everything. But the rest of America was looking at it like, that's not fucking what I know. Like, that's fantasy. That's fantasy. I just got into yeah, an but argument. They were, yeah, they were, but they were exploiting the shit out of it and making money like they do all things. Exactly. Sure. You know, right. I, I just had a conversation with this dude today on, it's like, I didn't even, I, I really stay away from Facebook now. I stay away from those arguments and all that other stuff. But these Trump guys and they're, they're, them being all upset about this election and everything, you know, they just don't get that motherfuckers just don't like him. The same way people went out and they and they jumped in their trucks and they had rallies and everything. There's motherfuckers sitting at home that are saying, you know, I'm tired of these motherfuckers jumping in their trunks and having their rallies. So <laughs> right. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to vote against them and make sure to the best of my ability, I'm going to do everything within my power to make sure that this ends like right, like right now, not now. But right now, right now, but this cat was, and they barely look, and they barely got that done as far as percentages. They barely got it done, but they, <laughs> but they, right, but they got it done. But you know, I'm, I'm discussing with this dude, and I was, and I didn't mention anything about race whatsoever. And the first thing he does is he's like liberal, right wing, you know, marching and like throwing up like gang signs, whatever. And I'm like, I'm looking at my computer, and I'm like, you know, I, I was a fucking banker. And most of the people that I deal with in business, they're conservatives. They're just not conservative assholes like you. And they're not talking about the things that you're talking about. They believe in, they have their world, they believe in their shit, and I don't live next to them, so they don't have a problem with me. But these guys do in everything. And I'm explaining to this guy, I'm like, well, look, y'all moved to Brentwood, but my, my parents bought their house in Brentwood in 1967. There weren't no black people in my neighborhood. It was all white people. I had to deal with people whispering. I had to deal with all different types of stuff. When I was in classes and I was the best student in the class, they were appalled. They were appalled. Because I'm the smartest motherfucker in the class and I'm the black kid. So what are you what are they doing? They going home and they smacking their kids? They beating them? Are they beating them? You know, try harder. That was just my natural curiosity coming out and that's that's just where i was at that point in time but according to this dude he looked at me and he just knew i was poor he just knew that i grew up a certain way and that my thought process was a certain way and he didn't even bother he didn't even bother to ask he didn't care because he don't don't have to yeah he don't have to he didn't care he's 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 part of what america is yeah, and he was Europe. he was Cuban, right? Yeah, and so is so is, but isn't, isn't that interesting too? That that Cubans relate relate more to white folks. Mexicans, by and large, relate more to white folks. Like how like how how the fuck y'all how how y'all relate more to white? What folks? do you oh, hold on? Do you think you think that by and large with Mexicans? Nah, yes. I well to a certain yes, extent because you know what you know what the thing is those cultures like those cultures they accept they want to be that that's what they right. want. I know be. why Cubans. I know why it's with the Cubans because the Cubans, uh, you know, truth be told, uh, I guess uh, they are uh, probably 
you know, still in the, you know, just still have, have not evolved into, you know, much of an awakened status, so to speak. You know, and right. so, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost nah, like that. They're awake. They're awake. They're just in Miami running shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> That's what well, they yeah, it's, Well, uh-huh. every culture, every culture emulates us. Every culture wants right. to be us until the police come. Until right. you have to go to the bank for a loan. Until you're trying to buy a house in some neighborhood that black black folk can't buy a house in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. they they love us. They they want to be us. They wish that they had uh, yeah, the I, power that we have. But, th- but that, they don't. That, but that that begins with the white culture, and so I think with with the uh, uh, Cubans. This it's a desire. It's it's what we've seen over and over again in our own culture. It's a desire to assimilate to the point of, okay, I am going to be on their side, you know, as if I am them. And and you are right in that, you know, there are a lot of Mexicans that feel the same way that I see here in California with Trump's flags and everything else. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm throwing what it tells me. I mean, what it seems like to me is, okay, I'm throwing in the towel. I didn't create this mess. I'm not going to stand against it. I'm going to, you know, force assimilation on these motherfuckers. But, you know, I'm going to be the... And that's... When you say you were protesting, that's where I was in life, uh, uh, X. But I said that on the last uh, podcast we had that, you know, there was a time where I was like, you know, uh, that's what everybody's saying. I'm going to assimilate into this world and climb the ladder and, you know, and show, I guess, I don't know what I, if I was trying to prove that there actually was a greater good in man, so to speak. But uh, that's where I was. And that's where people are. And people decide to stay that till they die. And, you know, the elderly uh, Colombians and, and, and this, you know, elderly Mexicans and stuff that fought in, that joined the uh, U.S. military and, you know, have uh, some types, of, you know, different symbols of patriotism to hold on to. Yo, they were singing that Trump tune. I think it. I think what singing- it, I think when it comes down to is like the 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 eternal question is man inherently good, and when you black men are inherently, good. I, I I believe so. You know, I I do believe so. I believe so. I think that, like, you know, a lot of it is a lot of it is. And y'all got to listen to my the next podcast that I do with um, with my cousin Alexander, because he he talks about the genetic breakdown and what's happened to us genetically based upon the trauma that we've experienced. And um, well, I'm a late bloomer, but I know that I know that Grant read the book Destruction of Black Civilization. I would have to assume that because he's a reader. And he yeah. probably was into, you know, so that, I'm telling you, I just read that less than a year ago. And really, that is the number one summary of things that I can reference. That I've read this and that. Like, I can reference that for uh, just about any situation Everything. or problem that, 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 that exists today. I can reference that. Well, I can the- reference that uh, of piece of uh, information that he put out well, in the, that book. 
Well, this uh, this civilization it's it's relatively it's relatively new when you talk about in terms of like a thousand years, and you know when you talk about racism, racism is something that probably was put into was probably put into effect probably within the last five hundred. Right. Um. You know, so when you put it in that context and everything, and you bring it back to the Mexicans and you know, Latinos and other groups that come to the United States and other groups that just basically hate against black people, you know, that hate you on sight as soon as you like walk into a room with these preconceived notions. What it comes down to is that they want to be, they want to be those people. They want to be the oppressors because the, because that is where uh, I'm looking for the right word. That's where all the gravy is, you know, what putting your neck on somebody else. Yeah, it's no, it's well, there, there was, one of the abused kids that, that, that wants the gracious, that wants to be in the good graces of the parent, even if uh, even if the other kid is being destroyed. Even if they're not welcome. Like, you, you take, even if they're not right, welcome. You take two, right, you take two abused kids and one of them will begin to abuse the other one. Oftentimes, isn't that the case? Isn't that yeah. the case in the black community yeah. period? I, I, I know, just, uh, I just, I yeah. just don't, I don't comprehend it because, like, you know, I've never. It's like, you know, and I, and I mean this honestly. Like at times, I've been fully assimilated into this culture, you know, from in a, in different ways. You know, chasing the dollars and you know wearing the uniforms. You know, the uniform being the suit and tie, and um, yeah. you know, doing all doing all these things, but. I've never nothing that I've ever done has ever do, has ever been done with the idea that I want to be like these people. I've never wanted to be anything other than a black man. Right. You know, and I just don't it's like to me like and it's just the way that I'm built. Like I I I always want to ask people like, you know, what is it about this culture and about these things that make you want to aspire to be that? You know their power, but their perceived power. Perceived power, of course. Yeah, I mean, well, because you're indoctrinated into it since birth, and so it's 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 quite natural. Like you know, I, it didn't take. What you were saying, I Over never wanted didn't to take. Go ahead. So right. Go ahead. Well, well, you are the you are you know. I'm not even going to call you the exception to the rule. You're probably half the rule, and the other half is a different rule. You know what I'm saying? Or, uh, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, when you were saying that, I was thinking, damn, you know, have I ever wanted to be anything except for black? It's almost as if I've never even uh, presented myself with that question because, I've, you know, I, I've, I learned at a very early age, even as light as I am, that, you know, the laws when I was born was, born was if you're one sixteenth of a minority or better, that was, that was on your birth certificate. Yeah, you know? right. So they wanted, yeah. you know, it, it, but, but, you know, let alone 50%, you know. So, and uh, I never, you know, shit, man. I, I, I know for a fact why light-skinned people go hard to Colin Kaepernick, to Jesse Williams, Malcolm X, for that matter, this and that. It's because, I, I, I think part of it is because they experience the racism from their own blood and it turns it up a notch because I have, you know what I'm saying? And and, and I'm sure that they've had similar uh, or even more drastic experiences than I've had. And so when they talk and then when I talk and then, you know, people look at me puzzled and be like, I ain't your mama white. 
like, damn, man, where's your head at? It's almost right. as if, I'm, you know, you know, that's pearls is for the swine to that person to ask that question. But what they can't resolve or what they, I guess what they don't understand is it said, look, man, yo, even if I was a 25 percenter or, you know, a 10 percenter, yo, if I identify with that and if culturally I show any examples of that, that's what I am in this country, mm. whether I want to be or not. Mm, that's the you truth. Know? You know what? That's you know what, what though? Get, so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good point. And you know what? Our hour is up. So I'm going okay. to wrap I'm going to wrap this segment of it and the reason why I say this right now is because I I always have to say this because we're going to go into overtime. We're going to continue this conversation for a few more minutes and um I'm going to bring this in. I'm going to do like Kanye in this there right now, you know, if you're losing your hide this because <laughs> this conversation drew it right out of me, boy. I got serious. <laughs> my dude. My dude. Yeah. My dude. Yeah. You know, these this this culture that we live in, you know, culture on the whole. I wanna I wanna talk about COVID for a second. Because like, you know, I'm a big believer in spirituality and I, I'm a big believer that things don't happen for that things happen for a reason. You know, right. I got a brother who I'm trying to get to come on to the show. He's more solid in his beliefs. But as far as what, what COVID is, that this was something that was done in a lab in China and that these are this uh, these are effects of some other like sinister plan and plot and everything. And I don't necessarily disbelieve that. Right, the population control agenda. Population control agenda. I, I I don't necessarily disbelieve that, but what I will say, what I will say about this COVID is that everything happens for a reason, and I've never seen anything that man has tried to put out there to try to control that hasn't gone awry. And basically, what went awry with us is Donald Trump. You know, he just doesn't give a fuck. Biggest narcissist in the world. And he's more concerned with his own wealth and his own problems, possibly staying out of jail, possibly just his legacy to his dying day. He's an old guy. He's old. You know, you can wake up any morning and he can be gone. You know, he can be gone. And that'll just be it. But with the COVID thing, back to the COVID thing, we have all been indoors for over a year now. It's been a little bit more than a year now since this COVID thing came up. Do you, think that, do you think that there's anything like do you think there's any spiritual connection to this that maybe it could be like it could be a writing of the sails of the world, for example? Well, hell yeah, all of that. But, you know, of course, spiritual could mean a thousand different things depending on who you ask. But I think it's all in line and all consistent with some of the uh, excellent documentaries they have out on the, you know, uh, the t- deterioration of, you know, the earth, i.e. the forest, i.e. what the forest does, i.e. the animals in the forest, you know, the, the ice caps, this, that, and everything else that, that you know, uh, I don't think it's coincident that, you know, the timing of everything, uh, but as, as far as a puppet master pulling the strings, like I said, I know some things. I don't know most things. I don't believe shit. So I'm not going to take the time to believe that that person exists. But I will say, based on the evidence, I need to be listening. 
What do you think, Grant? You know, factual. You know. So I, you know, it's it's funny that that Gene says that because I'm a I'm a firm believer that, um, just like we live on the planet, there's millions of germs or whatever that live on our bodies as well, and we have white blood cells to fight them off when we when we get some sort of infection. Bruh, COVID might just be the planet's white blood cells, Doc. Mm. Yeah. Like just it might be it might like the planet may need purge, man. Like and that's real. Purge us. Do I believe I, I don't know that I believe that it was um I mean it it, it could have been made in a lab. I don't know. You know what I mean? But to, and to to X's point, you know, even if, if it was made in the lab, it went sideways. Yeah. And now we got what we got based on the planet needing what it needed. You know, in terms of the spirituality of it, I think the biggest thing that we're that's happening spiritually is the separation is causing people. People are having difficulty with the separation, man, like like not being able to see your dad, your mom. You know, like, you know, like no Thanksgiving, no, you know, I mean, stuff that means stuff that means it's, something to people to get that spiritual recharge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I like doing this podcast with y'all, man. Like th- this, this was important to me. I mean, we just talked, when did we talk about this on Saturday or something? Yeah. 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 We talked about this on Saturday and I'm like, all right, shit, let's do it. When are we doing it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I need, I need to, I need to connect, you know what I mean? With, with some people. Yeah. And you can't get that any anymore. And it, it ain't the same. And I and I'm as a firefighter, I'm, I've been going to work every day. Mm-hmm. I ain't missed no days of work. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. So I'm still out there with people. You know what I'm saying? But the connection ain't nearly the same. I got the I got the six people in the in the place that I work, mm-hmm. and that's it. It mm-hmm. ain't no connections anywhere else. You know what I mean? So you don't have a whole lot of whole lot of energies to draw from my lady taking a lot of classes about mental health and the the pathways that the brain builds up and the difference between what was going on with this generation with the computer generation the twitter the facebook the um tiktok all this other stuff and the lack of connection i always see it as a lack of connection because when we wanted to when we wanted to go out we we went out and we met when we wanted to get when we got laid we had to have we had to have skills you know, right. we had to talk to that woman. We had to convince her. We had to smile in her face. It won't, won't no Facebook thing. Won't no pics. You were going to send and none of that, none of that right. other stuff. Yeah, you no went out. Left, right. Yeah, exactly. It was none of that stuff. We had to actually like connect. So, with all of that that these people have grown up in, I find it like really odd that the fact that this disease and the fact that everyone is locked up is the one thing that's taking people and putting them over the edge mentally because we were, we were living in a world in a system where those connections where people weren't talking and everything, people weren't conversing and they weren't getting together socially the same way that they normally have. It's already changed our pathways mentally, the way that we think, the way that we interact, all that stuff. And you're right. You know, with the podcast, that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast because like I'm, I'm sitting around and I talk to Gene from time to time. I talk to Rob from time to time. I talk to some of our other guests that are coming up. I've got a really great guest set up for January. He can't come on now. I can't say why because we can't blow it up because it's like it's something serious with the system. 
But, um, and I, 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 I have these great deep conversations with y'all over the phone. And I just wanted to share those conversations. I just thought like, you know what? Sometimes I would hang up the phone. I'd be like, damn, you know, I wish I would have recorded that, you know? And it's also, and it also like, it gives us an opportunity to connect. These are, this podcast is nothing more than me doing what I would normally fucking do. You know, (laughs) like seriously, like, you know, real talk. It's me calling up my friends and having conversations honestly about things that we can't talk about honestly, you know, and me not being afraid to say what the fuck I'm going to say, because like right now, like Alexander, like one of the reasons why I love this guy is because like, you know, he told me, he said, cause once you turn 50, you can say whatever the fuck you want to say. It don't matter no more. Right. You know? And that kind of freed me up. I was thinking like, you know, and, and like Rand, especially you, you know, I've always been reckless, you know, I'll piss somebody off. I'll say some shit that'll piss you off in your face. And then I'll look at you like, what the fuck you going to do about it? You know, it's like, you know, that's like, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? I'm naturally like, you know, I'm naturally aggressive that way and everything. I'm not like, you know, like you said earlier, I'm not the one that's going to punch you in the face, but I may say some shit to you that may make you want to punch me in the face. Right. And everything. Yeah, your level of, your level of assholery is high. It's high. It's okay. definitely high, you know, and I and I love that. And, you know, and I and I was, you know, I embrace that. I embrace that. I really do. You know, asshole. Uh, yeah. Yo, I'll be the first one to tell you I I can be an asshole. I can be a straight up asshole. But also, I'm a considerate asshole cuz I know when I go too far. Like, you know, I'll go yo, back well, and people I'll, say that about me, they're wrong. Well, well, I'll go back and I'll tell you later. I'll I'll go back and I'll tell you later. You don't know how many times as many people have gotten calls from where you ran into someplace. And I said, you know what? I said some shit to you. And like, you know, I thought about what I said to you. And that shit was just fucking wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? So that gets me. That gets me a lot of my friends. Because sometimes I because sometimes like, you know, I, I may mean it. But I know I shouldn't have said it, you know, to you, because that's just like. There's no, there's no reason for it. There's no reason well, I, for it. I, so it's, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of you. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more the diplomat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But don't get it bent though. Cause yeah. I, I say what I need to say too. Yeah, you, you know do. I mean? Now I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a give it to, I'm a try to give it to you so that you can deal with it. I'm going to tell you the truth, Grant. Your level of ass rollery can also be very high. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so, and, and I got I to gotta say what's up to Summer because that's where I get that phrase from. Okay. Level of ass rollery. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I know that mine is high as well. But that's, you know, that's, I think, I don't think, I, I think now it's ass rollery. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in this, in this 2020, Mm-hmm. That's assholery. Yeah. Back back in in eighty seven, mm-hmm. that was just life, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, there yeah. was no there was no questioning what what my parents used to tell me. So they gave it to me directly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I do. I, I I give it to people directly. I don't I don't feel like I should have to show it. Yeah, it's 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 like, you know, this like the term snowflake that everyone uses right now. When people try to call me snowflake, I'm like, you know, do you know who the fuck you're talking to? You know, like what? me, snowflake. me, well, and snowflake? I thought that was a white girl. That's a <laughs> yeah. That's I, no, I, I, I that's, never knew that it was. I that's never no, knew there was anything except uh, for a white that's, girl. That's, that's no bunny. Uh, 
That's snow bunnies. That's a, that's a pinky toe. That's a, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's a different oh, conversation. Pink toe, snowflake, gray girl. Yeah. But I, uh, but, yeah. but I was, oh, man, my bad. What, All right, what, yeah. what's the snowflake? Yeah, what's but the snowflake? Like, you know, snow, you know they, they say like the stuff like, you know, like you're going to melt. And I'm like, you know, like, motherfucker, I'm, I'm a black man in America. That. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, what like, do you mean? I'm, sellout? Is yeah, that the no, same thing as a sellout? No, they call oh. it, they, they say snowflake. They say like, you know, they're like, you know, you're black. You got this liberal snowflake thing going on. I'm like, I'm black. The, those two things, that's like an oxymoron right there. You know what I'm saying? How the fuck can They're I? They're mutually exclusive. They're mutually yeah, yeah, yeah. exclusive. Yeah, I, so I, I put Snowflake on the, on, on the Oreo side of the game. I didn't. I didn't put it like. Yeah. Like that's that's that don't even make sense. Yeah. It, it, to me, it, to me, it's like I'm just like you know. And but what it is is th- those are people casting their own aspersions upon me. And upon you know Pretty because because exactly you know what it is. yeah because what they say is like what, when they say something that hurts so much, it hurts so much to right. hear. These things that we say that they just can't, they can't deal with it. And they want to, so they want to like say something, motherfucker, um, I don't hurt at all. You know what I'm saying? I don't hurt at all. Whether it was true or whether it wasn't true, whether it was deserved or whether it wasn't deserved. But I don't have the luxury of being a snowflake, you know, because I've got to get up. I still got to do the job. I may say some shit to you. As another minority that could be completely and totally off base and wrong. And you can go up the chain and everything and you can get me thrown out of there. Right? You do the same thing to me. Them motherfuckers tell jokes and they have donuts and they laugh about it. Right. You know? So so to me there's just there's just certain things that you can't ascribe to a black person in, in this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like racist. Mm. In this in this case, snowflake like that that don't it do, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you, you can't you can't even ascribe that to a black person in this country. No, because I mean, like like seriously, dog. Do you realize how how fucking hard you've got to be to mm-hmm. be a black man in America? Yeah, and and to and to make it to fifty, they wouldn't last a week. Most of the motherfuckers wouldn't yeah. last a week. They wouldn't last yeah. a week, yeah. and like you, you know, be hard man. Like, you know, I mean the the. The door slammed in your face, the opportunities that you don't get, you know, the fucking being followed around the stores and, you know, the, I mean, just all the little basic shit that we go through. Not mm-hmm. even not even anything real. Mm-hmm. Just the basic, I, you know, trying to make I got, I got a question. I got a question before I forget. So you said, uh, you know, uh, you said, you know, I always you know, laugh when you say that because you always got funny questions. <laughs> yeah, when they well, you gotta love this one. So you know, you, you know, if they if they uh, fear the, uh, the the well, not fear, but if they wouldn't be able to tolerate the black experience, you know, my man Paul Mooling used to have that joke, you know, with a little <laughs> with a little boy and his parents, and, you know, I guess the punchline was, yeah, you know, I've been black for five minutes, you know. And and this guy that slapped me in that, but anyway, it was a funny joke. But it got me to thinking. It wasn't. It wasn't a joke that I, I I mentioned it. Let me ask you guys something, okay? I'm gonna go down the line. Did either of you cancel Mount Paul Mooney? Was the first question. Uh, and then the second one is, did you cancel R. Kelly? And or did any? Did either of you, uh, of course, uh, 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 cancel? Uh, uh, Bill Cosby, which I know they, I, that's kind of rhetorical because I don't think X, I'm sure X has it, and I don't think Grant has either. But did you, did you or did you not cancel Paul Mooney and R. Kelly? 
you can go ahead, Grant. You go first. Okay, so I no, I did not cancel Paul Mooney. I canceled R. Kelly when he was R. Kelly in public announcement. So I did I I ain't never liked R. Kelly. So okay. I, I mean, whatever. So fuck R. Kelly. He, I, but I've been saying fuck R. Kelly since R. Kelly in public announcement, and she's got that vibe. Um, and hell no, I ain't canceling no Bill Cosby. I don't give a fuck about them bitches. I know you did. Do you do you feel funny about Paul Mooney now? Do you do you feel funny about Paul Mooney now? Nah, I mean, why why would I feel funny about him? Them, this shit, that's, that's, so, so they laid down some harsh allegations. I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about with Paul uh, Mooney. Listen, what did he do? Oh, you know they say he uh he molested Richard Pryor's son. Yeah, he, he, yeah uh, right. You know, yeah. I mean that recently came out, like within the a uh, year or so. Yeah. And, so you know, I mean, and, I, I don't know if he did it or didn't. But you know what? I guarantee you, somebody could dig up some shit on me too. You That's know what I mean? Like saying. about yep. that 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 in this day and age, somebody would be like, "Oh, we got to cancel that motherfucker." Mm-hmm. That's honestly why I got off of social media, dude. Because I know I say some inflammatory yeah. shit, mm-hmm. and I got a restaurant, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you still you still got it. You yeah. still got yeah. the municipal I can't, I can't job. Nobody, yeah. I can't I yeah. can't put no shit on Facebook and then have some people say, "Hey, what the fuck's he talking about? Mm-hmm. We can't go to city wings no more." Well, I can't do that shit, man. Well, let me answer the question. Right. I can't, like I said, I I really didn't hear about what happened with Paul Mooney, so it's like okay. I can't, I can't even really, uh, I can't really like speak say, okay. yeah, I can't speak on it. You know what I will say about Paul Mooney is that Paul Mooney was he's still really, a hero there. He well, he's, he's been still around. a hero. <laughs> well, listen, Paul Mooney has been around. He's a, that's a that's a comedy icon. That's a man who's been with. Right. He was with like you know Richard Pryor before. You know, when Richard Pryor was like doing cocaine and like, you know, telling jokes about fucking white women and doing cocaine and like, you know, making people cringe, you know, so Paul Mooney was doing his son at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's like that's if 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 that is if it is true, if it is true. It don't, yeah. But the question really with Paul Mooney to me would be like, if it is true, it's like, how the fuck old is Paul Mooney right now? What would he be? Eighty? Yeah, probably sixty, seventy, yeah. sixty. Nah, he's older probably than that. 60s. He's he's got to be older 70s. than that. He's got to be older than that because he was he was easily like if you run him with Richard Pryor, he's got to be in his eighties. He's got to be in his eighties. So it's like you oh, know, is it you know, I know about technology? I'm gonna tell you right now what he is. Go ahead. Is it relevant? You know, can I can I can I cancel Paul Mooney any more than I can cancel like? Clark Gable for like you know raping that Rachel that um that famous actress and having a love child um that that was raised and like you know is now like sixty years old right. and everything you know um, uh, a product wow. of incest and like you know rape am I am I going back in am I going back in time and am I really going over all of these people in in Hollywood and in the music business that did you know heinous heinous things you know but. But go ahead. Yeah, but that's but like you know, and it's funny like you you know just to just to like just to like expand upon that a little bit more. I was watching a I was watching a um show yesterday on um I was watching a show yesterday on um Amazon, and it was about the history of sex in films and nudity in films, and it started from the eighteen hundreds, and it showed like the social mores of what was going on from the 
the 1910, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, up until this modern day of like, you know, of now women, like, you know, women are completely protected and, you know, are not completely protected because you still have this guy Weinstein out here who's, who like, you know, was doing his thing and everything, but now they've got all these different writers. And the thing is, it's important to understand context. Because, like, you know, in the 1920s, they had all these girls that were that were like they were working at the studios and they were wearing old clothes and all this other stuff. And these were hard times where these people were basically singing for their supper. Okay, you think that these women weren't enduring all types of things at that point in time? They're not living at home with their mother and father. There's no Mayberry is some is a place on fucking TV. That ain't reality. Reality is like, you know, you got to the reality is like, you know, honey, you want to be in this chorus line? Drop your knickers. That's a 1920. Get knickers. Okay. You know, knickers. That's right. K-N-I-C-K-E-R-S. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's the context of the world. And everybody thought that that was okay. At that point in time, there was no protection. With it. Is that right? Is that wrong? No. But do you throw out everything from the 1920s, from the 1930s, the 40s, the 50s? Do you throw that stuff out too? Nah, you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's doing that. So then, you know, you go to, what was the other person who was besides Bill Cosby? Um, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. R. Kelly, oh, R. Kelly I, I ain't fucking with R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? I've been not fucking with R. Kelly. Since like, you know, since like, you know, the music, since the music business in the early 90s and everything. And I heard the stories about R. Kelly going around like, you know, you know, popping up all the stuff that you've seen in the I don't have to get into it. All the stuff you've seen in the documentary. I heard about that shit back then. OK, I won't fuck with R. Kelly then. I ain't played. I don't play R. Kelly music. I won't fucking the R. Kelly won't. Well, none of that shit going on over here. And like, you know, and I would tell people, I'm like, yo, listen, you know that this dude is doing this shit. You know, you can't, if someone comes up to your daughter, a 35-year-old man comes up to your daughter and does X, Y, and Z, you know what I'm saying? You can't say shit because you support R. Kelly. This is just like, these are like, this is a moral decision you have to make, you know? Let that motherfucker go to Argentina or South America, someplace where thirteen-year-old girls, when they have quinceañeros and they're women at that point in time. But I'm not for that. I have a daughter. I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Bill Cosby, I'm with you, Grant. Fuck that. I ain't canceling Bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bill. Bill has done too many. Bill has done too many things for the black community. This man was fighting for the black community when the black community wasn't fighting for itself. Okay, I'm not I'm 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 just not. And also in context, you know, you look at these movies in the 70s and the 60s when Bill Cosby was coming up. This is what these people were doing. They were doing Quaaludes. Oh, she's passed out. So what are we going to do now? Oh, so now we're going to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? This was like this was like written into their scripts. So now you want to move to 20,020. Now that you want to buy an NBC, you want to go back and you want to put him on blast for something that everybody was doing. Now, it goes back to what your mom says. You know what I'm saying? Is everybody's jumping off. If, if you're jumping off a bridge, is everybody else jumping off a bridge? you jumping off the bridge. Nah, I'm not jumping off a bridge with everybody else. But also, I, I think that it should be fair and it should be equal. So nah, I ain't, I ain't fucking canceling Bill. Bill, we good. 
You know what I'm saying? You need money in your commissary, you hit me up. I got you. <laughs> you don't need no money, though. That man's still a billionaire. That's why I orphaned. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I was just curious because we were having that discussion at the house you know, about canceling folks and, uh, you know, who we cancel and this and that and everything else. But, Black no, people. you know, to tell you the truth, man, I have a step in the name of love on my playlist. But, you know, I always, with guilt, push, push fast forward every time it comes on, but I haven't deleted it from my playlist. Because I really love that song, man. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, look, well you, know, you know, you can, you can, can listen. Separate, I can compartmentalize. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a pass and a break on that one because, like, like I said, if we were to go through all of our playlist and everything, we wouldn't have shit to listen to. You know what I'm saying? If you're a white boy and you love rock and roll, and like, you know, that's another thing. Like, I just love music. You know what I'm saying? I listen. There's times when I, I put on the rock stations and I rock out. You know what I'm saying? I know all my shit. You know, and right. these well, motherfuckers. I like, like classic. Yeah, the classic rock, especially. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Right. And they're telling stories about fucking 14 and 15 and 16 year old girls. Yes, sir. You know, all day long. Who is? All of them. Led Zeppelin. Now? All of them. You know, I'm yeah. around with some Puerto Rican girls that's just dying to meet you. Oh, yeah. to meet you. Oh, that's, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's on my playlist, man. Yeah. Oh, that's on my girl. playlist. Come on, son. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, so it's like, you see, and this is why this is why this podcast is, is something that I wanted to, you know, because we got, we got these people trying to censor. They're not just censoring. They're not just censoring these words and these thoughts. They're censoring, like, culture. These are things that we have to determine for ourselves because you think that you tell somebody not to talk about it. That means that they're not going to do it. It just means that you're allowing them to sweep it under the rug a little bit more. We have to be able to talk about this. We have to be able to talk about the feminization of black men in oh, our God, community. Me started, you know what I'm saying? We have to, we have to be able to talk about all these different things that are, that go on in our community without like, you know, listen, just because I talk about, talk about the feminization of black men, that doesn't mean that we're going to hang up from this, like we're going to, you know, cut off from this podcast, go out and grab some bats and go and beat us up some, like, you know, beat right. some people up. You know, that is, that's not happening. Yeah. You know, I know that ain't happening for me, but because I'm talking, about, I'll be sleeping about twenty minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. You know what? And on that note, I'm gonna put us all to sleep because you know what? We've we've gone on for an hour and almost an hour and a half right now. So you know, I'm gonna give the official thank you right now. I'd like to thank Grant Lancaster for showing up. Grant, give yourself a round of applause. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me, man. And, uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually getting a text right now from Teresa Gray. From who? From well, Teresa Gray. Teresa Gray. I ain't heard that name in a long time. The crowd. That's the crowd. That's a, tell that's her what, I said. What, tell her I said. What, tell her I said. What's up? Tell her I said. Uh, uh, for sure. And uh, you know, all I could do. To share my story. There you go, and Gene, and on that one, Gene, 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 we all we got, Gene. <laughs> Come on, I love you. There you go. There goes some applause for you. There's some applause for you right now. Before before we get off this podcast, man, mm-hmm. um, I just got to say, man, like, first of all, I love y'all, man, like, for real, for real. 
And um, I'll, I'm going to tell you all this story, man. Like I was sitting around on that work a um, couple, couple weeks ago and um, Flavor in Your Ear comes on the radio. Okay. And I'm talking to my man, uh, my, my boy J-Mo, Chauncey. Talking to Chauncey in my office, man. We talking about uh, like the time that me and Craig went to Wine Dance Day and saw Rock Kim. So we just start talking about all these stories, man. And I, I just fucking start crying right in the fucking office, man. Like just thinking about this stuff, man. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to acknowledge, man. Like, man, I missed the shit out of Craig Mack. And we went through this whole podcast and didn't even talk about it. Yeah, well, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, we'll bring you back in. Like, you know, big shout out to Craig up in heaven. We love you, bro. You know, yeah, man. No we love doubt. you, bro. And um, yeah. Once again, I'm gonna sign off. I'm gonna say thank you very much from the Born in Trouble podcast. I'm sure that this podcast will get me in a lot of trouble after I post it. You know, especially if some people. Yeah, you know what? You can, add, you can add out the first. You can add out some of the edit out some of the first part when I was still loopy. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? You know what? That. <laughs> Now nah, I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave the joke alone. It's too easy. Right. It's too easy. Right, it's yeah, too easy. Nah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I leave one up for a rim shot and everything else. Okay. There, there you go. But uh, <laughs> but thank you, brothers, and, and definitely like it's all love, and I definitely appreciate it. And Grant, we have to do this again. We got to have you back again too. Yeah, man. Anytime, Doc. You know, you know I'm always in. One hundred. Definitely. You know, all maybe right, I'll. Definitely. All right, all right, Gene, and maybe I'll bring you back when we have the music, when we have a, a discussion about music and the state of music and. Hip hop, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, that that'll be I mean, a that'll I mean, be something you with that you with that one. So um, you know, thanks a lot, guys, and thanks for all the listeners to the Board in Trouble podcast. <laughs>